This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the news on a Friday morning. We spent time with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. And Dr. Hammond, a very good morning to you. Great to have you on the line. Thank you so much. Good morning, Brad. Our Lord Jesus Christ taught, whoever desires to be great among you, let them be your servants. That's in Matthew 20, 26. Hmm. The Lord Jesus made it clear that civil authorities are to be public servants, and this is reinforced in several passages of Scripture. It's for this reason that officials in civil governments are called ministers or servants of God. In fact, the word used here is deacon. Just as a minister in the church is to be a minister of grace, so a minister in government is to be a minister of justice. Both are serving God and man. And the concept that civil government is to be a servant of its citizens is a uniquely Christian concept, and I get it originally from these verses. So the concept of a cabinet minister and a prime minister as a first servant, I still remember when cabinet ministers used to sign their letters your humble servant. And I have some of those on file wow. from when I wrote to Kevin Mills and they signed your humble servant. When I was growing up, city councillors and members of France were not actually paid for their services. They only received basic expenses and needed to have real jobs to sustain themselves. And so my history teacher in high school was a member of the Rhodesian Parliament. And he wasn't even absent from school that often because Parliament only met a few couple of weeks of the year. And even then, I remember him saying, they received free train tickets to travel from Bulawayo to Salisbury, mm. or to their Ferrari. But if they wanted to fly, that was at their own expense. Government would not cover that. And so at that time, the kind of people offered themselves for public services, town councillors and members of parliament, tended to be successful job providers in the community and able to donate their time to city council legislative duties. And certainly entering politics at that time was not a get-rich-quick scheme, civil servants are actually sacrificing time and talent for the common good. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the way today uh, with all these corruption charges and what's meant to be the public service. Many seem to see it as an opportunity for self-serving criminals to loot public resources. So the African Union reports that over 32% of the total gross domestic product, the GDP of Africa, is looted each year by government corruption. That's more than a third of the total wealth of Africa stolen by so-called civil servants, more than 15 times more than all of foreign aid to Africa combined. Now, some have said that corruption doesn't hurt anyone. But actually, corruption steals from absolutely everyone. It chases mm. away tourists, investors, job creators. It devalues currency. It reduces the value of everyone's earnings, savings, and pensions. Corruption erodes and implodes any economy, and corruption more than any other single cause is responsible for most of the poverty and joblessness in society. And when we look to the scriptures, we can see if dirt and decay describe your municipality, it's time to change the mayor and the town councillors because crime and crime go together. Ecclesiastes 10.18, because of laziness, the building decays. Through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Proverbs 89, he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. 
Proverbs 24, verse 32, 34. I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns, its surface covered with nettles, its stone wall broken down. When I saw it, I considered well, and I looked on it, and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall poverty come on you like a prowler, yeah. and you'll need like an armed robber. That's Proverbs 24. In Proverbs 22, 25, we read, Lest you learn from his ways and set a snare for your soul, a trap for your soul, do not be one of those who takes hands on a pledge, who is surety for debts. For communities to be strong, the Bible makes it clear, families need to be strong. For city councils to be good, the citizens need to be good. Those who cannot control themselves, we read, are not capable of leading over a city. Proverbs 16, 32. Those who cannot manage their households well are not qualified to lead others, we read in 1 Timothy 3, verse 4 to 5. So character and integrity are super important, absolutely vital. When we are ready to rule ourselves, uh, then we are able to rule others, and we can go further uh, and rule a village and so on. And so it's very disturbing that we've got damage to monuments, damage to the environment, deforestation, pollution, all of this testifies to crime and arson and nepotism and corruption and exploitation and riotous behavior, which has been tolerated far too long. It's time to stop the looting and polluting of our communities. And we need to restore to homeowners and taxpayers the control of municipalities that administer the community for the benefit of all and for the health and economy of our children and our grandchildren's generation. Mm. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Community cleanup drives are needed. We need to ensure that we are committed to fighting litter and pollution and crime and deforestation. Uh, just tomorrow, my family is involved in a planting tree campaign on the Lushpik River. Oh. And it's important to see and involve all residents and clubs and societies and communities. Uh, instead of complaining, it's good for us to, it's better to light a candle and to curse the darkness. We can all do something. Churches and youth groups and women's groups and men's groups and cubs and scouts and brownies and guides and rotary clubs, schools and businesses can set a standard by planting trees and bushes and flowers and painting over graffiti and providing water bowls and fountains and public place for the birds and the pets and to restore our play parks and jungle gyms and skate ramps for youth and undertaking neighborhood watch patrols and being good neighbors to those in need. Mm. In Proverbs 50, in Isaiah 58, verse 12, we read, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. That's Isaiah 58, verse 12. It's so important that we are involved in positive rebuilding, restoring. Mm. We need to be self-governing, self-disciplined, self-starting. We need to restore civic pride and responsibility and ownership uh, to residents and ratepayers and those committed to the community. And there's, there's such a high priority really on restoring our gardens and our villages and our traffic arms and beautifying our city and reforesting the suburbs and setting up lights in public areas to discourage crime. Our children should have parks that are clean and safe and protected from broken glass and drug dealers and drunkards and pedophiles and 
we need our municipalities to become drug-free, crime-free, with zero tolerance for crime. And no litter or pollution should be tolerated. We read in the Bible that we should, from our gates and our doorposts and from the entrance of our properties, it should be clear that the Lord speaks of binding God's law on our hands mm. and on our foreheads and writing it in the gates and on our doorposts. And so the Word of God should govern all areas of our personal lives, what we think, what we do, uh, and our property and our communities. And so instead of the uh, tolerance of corruption and litter and pollution and all kinds of uh, anti-social activity, uh, we should rebuild our communities. And uh, instead of letting our communities degenerate into what looks like a war zone with graffiti vandalism and zoo-like bars of our windows and high electric and razor fences, surrounding what used to be friendly cities. Nehemiah, we read, rebuild the walls and he told the people, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And so I really think it's vital to take back our communities and to take back our areas around us and to be a good witness mm. that when people enter not only our home, but even our community, they can see Jesus is Lord here. We've written God's law on our doorposts and on our gates. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.